Welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features folks from all walks of life telling us one formative story from their childhood. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences. Some of them happy ones, some of them really sort of painful. But I like to think that everything that's ever happened to me has helped make me who I am today. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classic, One Little Act of Kindness, available on Amazon.com or wherever quality books are sold. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you, now and forever. It's free, and your children, and your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren will appreciate it. That's LaughSaver.com. All right. So today I have as my guest another one of my daughter's good friends and a friend of mine, someone who I've seen perform on numerous stages in Chicago, including Logan Square and at Second City, Kennedy Baldwin. Hi. Hi, Kennedy. Listen, let me ask you something. Are you ready to tell your story? I'm absolutely ready to tell my story. I'm looking forward to hearing you, Kennedy. What I'm going to do in a minute is I'm going to let you take over. And when you're finished, I'm going to ask you absolutely one question. How do you think that one childhood story impacted who you are today? So take it away, Kennedy. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, when I was in high school, I went to Whitney Young, as you, you may be familiar with. Freshman year, I tried out for the dance team and I did not make it. <laughs> it sort of failed spectacularly. And around the same time that I was trying out for the dance team, we also had gym swimming. So we were, you know, it was this section of swimming for I think like a month where we had to be in the pool every day. And I remember this one day very specifically because I was walking out of gym swimming with my two friends, Deja and Lene, who both were on dance teams. My friend Lene was on the Palms team and my friend Deja was on Guys and Dolls. And when we were walking out, Deja and Lene were saying that also it's important to say that Deja and Lene are both Black women. When we were walking out of gym swimming, Lene was like, oh, this is so frustrating because my hair keeps getting messed up from having to go in the pool in the middle of the day. And Deja was like, yes, like this is super frustrating. Like, I don't know how to manage it, all this stuff. And I, I'm also a black woman. And I was like, yeah, like this sucks. <laughs> and both of them like paused and like looked at me and they were like, you don't, that's not, no, like you don't understand what we're saying. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and they had just like, there was like such like a, like a dead air. Where we both were like, both parties were like, what is the other person saying right now? Lene specifically was like, well, you're not, you're not really black. You're more like, like you're Puerto Rican. Like your mom is Puerto Rican. My mom, my mom is Puerto Rican and my dad is black. And that has given me a different hair texture than the two of them. And so I understand now that they were trying to make the point that 
my hair texture was a little different than theirs. And I'm, I'm certain that we had different problems with our hair in terms of gym swimming. But the way they communicated that in this moment was that I was not Black. And this was the first time that anybody had said this to me. I had no idea that like these two people who are very good friends of mine saw me that way. And it was really taken aback. And it like, I bring up, you know, that we had just auditioned for the dance team because the two of them made it and I did not. But what I did make, in fact, was the water polo team. <laughs> and, uh, if there is the stereotype that Black people can't swim, mostly because Black people live in areas where there aren't like community pools. So they they just don't have access to being able to swim host swim as much. And like, this happened to be true. Like Deja and Lene, like when we were in gym swimming, they were in the, the shallow end learning how to swim. And I have swam my whole life. So I was in the deep end. The swim coach noticed that I was a very good swimmer. And that day was like, you need to come to water polo practice. I, I want you on the water polo team. So like, I... <laughs> I've just been told I'm not black and I've been like, put on the water polo team. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> it's very confusing. Yeah. And that's my story. I, I mean, I love that story in the sense of the, like, what are you talking about moment? You know, that idea that you didn't really quite understand what they were saying. It hurts me to think that friends would somehow misinterpret or misunderstand I actually, I think I know the two young ladies that you're talking about because I taught Lene and Deja back in the day because mm -hmm. I was at Whitney Young with you, as you know, and mm -hmm. I know them to be really kind human beings, et cetera, but I can mm -hmm. understand sort of the dual whammy that you're talking about of the idea that friends that you have been hanging out with suddenly, they don't, what, acknowledge your your background or who you are. I'm, I'm not sure mm -hmm. exactly. And yeah. then secondly, that interesting, interesting duality of being in the swimming pool and, and being a competent swimmer and somehow the stereotype or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that must have been an amazing, amazing day. Can I just ask you before you tell me how it's impacted your life? Did you stay friends with Lene and Deja subsequently? Or did it become uh, an issue for you? No, we became, uh, we, we were still friends. Deja, I was definitely closer uh, with Deja, like throughout high school. Like it didn't, I, I sort of like in that moment, I was like, well, if both of them agree, there must be some truth to what they're saying. Maybe I'm wrong or I don't know what I'm talking about. And I was sort of quiet. I just like didn't talk about my identity around them anymore, but we were still friends. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, really what you're talking about is so profound and so deep that I, I can't even, uh, I, 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 it's beyond me to, to say anything except for a while. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But let, <laughs> let me ask you, how do you think that event, that moment, those moments impacted who you are today? Yeah. So I think that it definitely like started a journey of reckoning with my identity, you know, what it meant to me and sent me on the path of like learning about what being black is because my mother is Afro-Latina and my dad is black. So even if my dad was not black, even if my dad was white, I would still be black because my mother is Afro-Latina, which is not something that they understood, nor was it something that I understood. 
And I remember, I remember when I was a kid, my mother was saying like, we are black. And I, I, I kind of just didn't know what she was talking about. I kind of was like, I think that I know I'm black because my dad's black, but <laughs> I don't understand how this side of my family's black. And after they said that to me, I told my mom and she explained, you know, how so many Latinos are in fact black and like how there's like racism in the Latino community in this in a way that's like truly insane to me because <laughs> so many Latinos are black and so many Latinos are racist. It's such a confusing situation. And so there's that to reconcile. And then there's also being black and being African-American are not necessarily the same thing. Black is a race and African-American is an ethnicity. And like it took explaining all of this, doing all of my research, talking to all of my family, to like understand exactly where my identities intersect, what this makes me, and essentially just to realize that Deja and Lene were wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and it's been like, to this day, I think I still have some insecurity about it because even if that's something I know, even if like I know I'm black and I can say that, I recognize that not a lot, not everyone perceives me that way. And it comes from both sides, white people, don't always perceive me as Latina and black people don't always perceive me as black, which is like a weird place to be. <laughs> and so that has definitely fostered insecurity and like where in these communities do I belong? And it's made me very passionate about learning about myself because the more I know about myself, the more I know about my family, the more confident I can be in whatever spaces I choose to occupy because I'm certain and it's like the reason that I am I'm hell-bent on learning Spanish um, and my mom didn't really she didn't teach it to me my, my mom's family also speaks it but since my dad didn't speak Spanish it wasn't like spoken in my household and so like I took I took Spanish all through high school and up until now I still have like a Spanish tutor because I really want to gain fluency because that's a huge like cultural touchstone being able to share language. That experience has made me like, I, I never want somebody to be able to tell me about myself and me think that they're right, you know, or like be unsure about mm. whether or not they're right. Yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. I, again, I'm sort of sorry you went through that experience. I don't know it on a personal level to the depth that you experienced. I've had DNA tests where I discovered a little bit more about my background than I ever thought, but nothing where a friend came up to me and said, you're not something. I'd be like, mm -hmm. I, I, mean, I don't even know how to even answer those questions if somebody came up to me and challenged me for my background. But yeah, it's a very powerful story that you tell. I'm sorry to say that Others may have experienced what you've experienced, not exactly, of course, but similar instances. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and it's unfortunate. But I, if, if it led you on to a journey of even deeper self-discovery and deeper self-understanding of who you are, then as painful as that story is and as that experience was, it turns out to be a good thing because I think the more we kind of know about ourselves, the more hopefully powerful we feel. That's my goal with everybody I've ever met was to make them feel more powerful and not less secure. I, yeah, I don't know what they were, what Deja and Lene were thinking about when they're telling you about your hair or whatever mm -hmm. else, but 
to be fair, like I also did not know, I did not know what I was talking about. And like, we were, we were 14. <laughs> Everybody was just like kind of saying shit <laughs> at that time. Um, and, and they didn't, they didn't know they were going to spark an entire identity crisis for the rest of my life. But <laughs> <laughs> well, my hope is, is that they listen to this podcast and then they text you and say, sorry about that, you know, from back in the day. Yeah. Well, thank you for your story. Again, very powerful, Kennedy. I really, really appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, you coming you on this show. On. Yeah, it's your your story is one of the reasons I do this podcast because I'm always moved by childhood experiences that I say to myself, I didn't exactly experience this, but I understand it to an extent. And then I think somebody out there in the listening audience goes, I know a lot of what she's talking about. Nobody knows everything for sure. Exactly. No, nothing's exact. But I'm just saying is they, they can identify. And you probably help them understand themselves a little bit. So thank you for yeah. being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks so much. Well, all right. That's our show. I'd like to thank my guest, Kennedy Baldwin, former Whitney Young student. I never actually had her, but uh, I knew her back in the day. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, and LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you now and forever. It's free, and your family will appreciate it. All right, I'm going to end this show as I often do with Susan Salador's classic, Boo Boo Blues. So until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you all to please stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody. I've had some boo-boos, baby. I've had the boo-boo blues. Yeah, I've had some boo-boos, honey. I've been like you. Ooh.
Fix it for you.